Stuart Clark. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Fantasy Bros NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and joining me is my brother and bro, baby Jake. What do you got for the people? What's up, y'all? Ready to get this next week underway after the chop just ate me alive this last week? Think it did it to all of us. That's right. So this is our first episode. This has been a long time coming. We've been talking about getting this podcast off the ground for a while now. And finally, after week five, I believe it is, we're finally laying an episode down. So we're going to review our cash lineups from this past weekend, go through some of the good plays, some of the misses, talk about what we can do different moving forward. And then to finish the episode, we're going to build a cash lineup for week six. So on that note, let's jump into it. Jake, let's take a look, man. How was your lineup? It finished pretty low compared to the rest of the entries I was in there with. Um, I played the 300K fair catch single entry and went with the quarterback that I think was at least in everyone's pool for the most part, Dak Dak Prescott with that Dallas Giants game. Uh, Was not his day, though, obviously. I mean, Zeke was the guy you wanted. He did not try out real well. Following that up with the running backs, I had Derrick Henry, one of the guys I went with that was most certainly chalk. And then I switched up a little bit here. I had Alvin Kamara, who, I mean, he did have a red flame, so you can't go wrong with that. There was just bigger, better guys out there for deals, though. And then uh, one of my leverage plays I threw with a double stack with Dak was Cedric Wilson, who was a major flop. Guy put up 5.98. Might as well be a snowflake. And then the guy that I brought it back with was Kadarius Tony, who now we've discovered is basically Odell Beckham 2.0 for the Giants. Beast. I say I want to say he broke Odell Beckham's rookie record, I believe, for most yards in that game. Hopefully everybody saw his punch, too. That was maybe the best thing that the Giants did all day, say with only putting up 20 points. Uh, my next receiver was Jalen Waddle. I feel like a lot of people had him. He was at 11% in this contest that I was in. He was definitely the favorite, I feel like, for the uh, playback for anyone that did the Bucks game. Tight end, I had Conklin. He was mediocre this week. He didn't put up as much as he normally does. I think his targets were down compared to what they have been the past couple weeks, but... Just kind of shooting there for tight end. I mean, no one's really that great unless you're going to roll with, like, Waller or Kelsey. And then my flex, I had uh, C.D. Lamb, the baller for the Cowboys there at receiver. He was part of that double stack that I ran, ended up with 18. And defense went with the Niners, surprisingly. Ownership, 0.2%. Sure, everybody thought Arizona was just going to ball out and put up a million points on them, but it ended up being a pretty good contest, and they got me five whole points. Yeah. I don't hate your lineup, though. You're, you're kind of bashing it, but Dak's got a little flame over there, 25 points. You played Derrick Henry as the chalk running back, but he hit. He returned value. Kamara got you 29, and I like the correlation of Dak with CeeDee Lamb and Cedric Wilson and then running it back with Tony. Tony, like you said, had one of the best rookie performances of all time put up 32 DraftKings points. So I get where you're coming from with this, uh, the correlation here. 
Waddle, I, I don't know if I like the Waddle play just because, like you mentioned, there are going to be a lot of Brady stacks, and Waddle's the obvious bring back with that. Also, with his price, he's just going to be a chalk play. So I would have probably tried to avoid him. Otherwise, yeah, so probably... I love where you're at. Conklin, I think he was popular in double sacks with Kirk Cousins. I think I actually played a double sack with him and Kirk Cousins lineup. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, you got good correlation. And you got a couple flames there. It's just the rest of the guys didn't pan out. Very volatile lineup. But I don't hate it. I like the process. Yeah, let's say trust the process. That's dude. right. Just didn't pan out this week. That's all. And right. you didn't do a cash lineup. We, we were going to talk about cash lineups, but I, you only played a tournament this week, correct? Or yeah, I say I didn't do a cash lineup. I just had tournaments. I was uh, late getting on to the whole computer and only was able to get a couple lineups in. So I and, ended up doing, yeah, two tournaments was all. And that's probably why you're not as thrilled as everyone else because the chalk hit. If you were running cash lineups, got into some double ups and head to heads. You maybe would have made some money. Yeah, I'm certain I probably would have won some head-to-heads at least. Make my money back maybe on the day. Who knows? That's right. I know a lot of people out there, they only play tournaments. A lot of people only play cash. But if you can play both, there's good leverage to be had. I mean, if you can play cash lineups, play the chalk, and it hits, you'll at least double your money up playing double-ups and head-to-heads, maybe sprinkling some triple-ups so that if your tournament lineups don't hit, you at least don't lose money. And on the weeks that the chalk doesn't hit, you would hope that your tournament lineups do, and you'll make quite a bit. So that's my strategy. I try to stick to that. Um, and let, let's get into my cash lineup this week. I played. I mostly play chalk for my cash lineups. I'm only trying to beat half the field. I don't need to get cute. doesn't need to be correlated. So I played Trey Lance, one-off, Fournette, one-off, Madison, Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddell, Evan Ingram, Derrick Henry, and the Eagles defense. And these – we're all yeah, that is some of the most shot there. heavily owned players on the slate. But the lineup scored 187, and I, I won almost every single contest I was in with that lineup. Yeah. Now, granted, they were all double-ups, a few triple-ups, so I made my money back. Mm-hmm. The weekend wasn't a victory, but, you know, lived to fight another weekend. So, yeah, I think we both played Madison. He had 30. Devontae had 40. I did have a tournament here, Joe Burrow, double stack. But in that one, I wanted to avoid Adams with all of his ownership. So let's pull that one up and take a look. So I played Burrow, stacked him with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins coming back, and then I ran it back with Aaron Jones. Um, and Tunyon. And Tunyon, yeah. Tight ends, I like to play tight ends, typically with my quarterback in a stack. But if not, I usually lean towards a game stack if it's a playable tight end. I'm not just going to throw in a tight end to throw a tight end in. But Tunyon was... Pretty cheap, not very highly owned. And if someone's scoring the touchdowns other than Adams, it's likely going to be Aaron Jones or Robert Tunyon. So I thought that, that was nice. If that game turned into a shootout, I already have Burrow, Chase, and Higgins playing. Running it back with Aaron Jones and Tunyon made sense. I had a secondary correlation in there with Marvin Jones and A.J. Brown. That was one of the first little stacks that I was on that week. A.J. Brown returning from injury. We all know what kind of numbers he can put up. And I think he was only priced at 6'5". Marvin Jones is cheap, and he's put up double-digit point games this year. I think every game except this one. Yeah, so every week he's done very well. Yeah, pretty consistent. Maybe not a great play for a tournament, but with his price, I thought maybe if that game turned into a shootout, then uh, between him and A.J. Brown, they could get me there. And also the Titans' pass defense, I believe they give up the most points to receivers. Yeah, they're horrendous. So uh, 
Marvin Jones. Bottom half. Bottom half. Yeah, Marvin Jones had been putting up consistent numbers. Now he was going to be playing a terrible defense, a pass funnel defense. So that was the thought process there. And then defense, I played the Saints D. They were playing Washington. Heineke, I I don't know. A lot of people say he looks good. They're impressed with him. But whenever he's on my TV screen, it looks like he's scrambling for his life, throwing up Hail Marys. I don't know. He doesn't look like anything special to me. So I thought for sure the Saints with their stout defense could potentially force a couple turnovers, maybe get a couple sacks. And with turnovers and sacks, you never know when a, a fumble or interception or could lead to a touchdown. That was the thought on that one. I do have a few other lineups we could look at here. I did uh, a Kyler Murray lineup. So I ran it with Kyler Murray, stacked him with Max Williams and Christian Kirk, ran it back with Debo Samuel. And then I had a Mike Evans, Jalen Waddle secondary correlation. And I just played James Robinson, DeAndre Swift running backs. They're a little heavy, you know, chalk plays, heavy on the chalk, but I thought that they had good matchups. And I like running backs in that price that you can get right around 6K and have 30 or 40 point ceilings. Some people like to go dumpster diving and try to get maybe like a James Conner who has two touchdown games every now and then, but it's hard to predict. And his ceiling is really, it's that it's two touchdowns. You're getting 20 points from him. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather, instead of paying five, two or or five, five for James Conner, I'd rather pay six for James Robinson, where he can score 30 points. He can score 35. He has access to that ceiling. So that's the thought process there. Yeah. Those two guys, I mean, both of them are amazing. So, I mean, they can forex like every week, and they almost always do. DeAndre Swift's like one of the most targeted running backs right now for receptions from his QB. I mean, he's basically like wide receiver two on their team. James, James Robinson, I mean, this last week, tons of touches. I mean, all around the field, carries, receptions, either way. Yeah. Exactly. These guys are Belco backs and they get the high value touches. They're pass catchers. They get goal line work. Those are the type of guys I'm targeting in my tournaments. And I guess we might as well look at my last lineup here. I played four lineups this week. I had my one cash lineup, threw that into a ton of double ups, head to heads, some triple ups. And then I did three other tournament lineups that were a little more heavily correlated. I ran those in some tournaments. So I did a Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Conklin double stack. And I ran that one back with, who did they play? They played, who did they play? You know, Detroit. I Detroit. I don't think I did run that one back. You but didn't run it back, I see. Nope. So I got Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Conklin. And then I had Ezekiel Elliott, Cowboys D. And I also threw in Kadarius Tony for a little correlation there. And then I played Aaron Jones, T. Higgins as another correlation. And then I crammed in Jacoby Myers. They were playing the Texans. He's got over 100 receptions, no career touchdowns. Yeah. This Dude. was going to be his game. He was 5.6, I believe. I know. He, he got tackled, I think, on the three-yard line. They ran a – for a touchdown. Yeah, they ran weird. a spot pass to him on the goal line, a little Mike Evans-esque, but he couldn't quite get in. So they tried. They were giving my boy looks, but just didn't happen for him, hopefully, next game. So that was the thought process there. And, you know, I maybe tinkered a little too much and – Ended up not even having to bring back with DeAndre Swift in that one. You could have been winning, going for the like something contrarian because Detroit, it's hard to go with anyone really besides Swift. I mean, Hawkinson, but. Right. And Swift was pretty heavy chalk. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows? That was two days ago. We're all the way on to next week. <laughs> We're on to week six. Here we go. And on that note, we are going to talk a little bit about week six here before we wrap up. So, 
let's pull over here. We got some of Vegas odds up here. We can take a look at the spreads and the over-unders for some of the games. So what we like to look for when we're picking our player pool is obviously value with the salary of the players on DraftKings. But then we like to look for games with high over-unders, good game environments, potential for shootouts. Sometimes I like looking for closer games. You know, if it's a 10 or 15-point spread, I mean, the leading team might just get a lead early and then run the ball. You don't really know exactly how it's going to go. So I like those games that are 48-point over-unders and have a two-and-a-half to four-and-a-half-point spread, somewhere in that range. And again, when you're looking for individual plays, their salary does come into consideration. That is usually the first thing that I'll look at. These other factors are just tiebreakers. So starting at the top, we got Houston, Indianapolis, uh, only a 43-point over-under. Indianapolis, 10-point favorites. I mean, that game doesn't really interest me much. It seems like it'd probably be a James Taylor or Jonathan Taylor game. Mm-hmm. On the Houston side, Brandon Cooks is a target monster. That's about the only guy I would touch. I don't know. Jake, you got thoughts on that game? That's really all I would consider. I mean, yeah, maybe Pittman. Like, he gets a lot of targets. But I feel like the Indianapolis Colts will be running the ball like crazy. So you could think Hines or Taylor there. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Pittman, he's coming in this week at 5.5. Um, also tight ends, they're tight ends. Um, what do they have? Seven of them that they like to get in the rotation. So that's kind of a crap shoot, but tight end by committee. Yeah. You got Doyle, you got the Mo Alley Cox and you got, is it Grayson? Grayson, Granson, Granson. Yeah. Who's to say Granson right there. Yeah. Yep. Granson. So those guys are coming in. Let's see. Mo Alley Cox, 3.1 Doyle, 2.9 Granson, 2.5. Those would just all be punt tournament plays. I wouldn't play any of those in cash. Uh, next up, we got Green Bay playing Chicago. 46 over under. Green Bay, four and a half point favorites. I'm expecting this to be more of kind of a gritty divisional game. Justin Fields hasn't shown it yet. Or I should say Matt Nagy hasn't shown us Justin Fields yet. You got Damian Williams is filling in for Montgomery again. Um, they haven't been able to unleash Allen Robinson on the Green Bay side, pretty narrow. You got Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Tunyon is always a touchdown threat. That's about it. Uh, Jake, you got thoughts on this game? The surprise guy for me is A.J. Ah. Dillon. I was looking earlier today at his uh, volume this last game in comparison to Aaron Jones and was really shocked that I think he only had like five less touches. Mm-hmm. Like he even, he even had receptions. Yeah, they're integrating him into the offense more. He's not just a, a backup in fourth quarter. You yeah. know, games out of reach type of player. I think he actually caught. Uh, I think he had, caught yeah, a touchdown. Yeah, he's coming in this week at four point nine k. So they've priced him up quite a bit. Um, and Chicago has a pretty stout defense, but yeah, th- those are interesting points you got there. Let's see, Jake. What do we got next here? Got Kansas City and Washington. It's going to be, I believe, the highest uh, total for the week there out of all the games at fifty four. Yep, for the main slate at least. For the yep. main slate. Yep. And then uh, Kansas City's, yeah, five and a half point favorite there, which I think is honestly closer than what I thought it'd be. Yeah, I'm surprised too. I would have had Kansas City as a bigger favorite than that. But I don't know if it's maybe just because, yeah, Kansas City hasn't been performing real well lately or what. But I. It's on the road, and Washington's got a, a phenomenal um, defensive line. Yeah, their so... pass rush is. Amazing. Probably yeah. the best in the league. 
And then uh, with them, I mean, you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out. So it looks like Darrell Williams will be getting the start there, which I'm assuming everyone's going to be playing him because he is dirt cheap. He costs next to nothing. Yeah, he's coming in at 4.9K this week. So he'll be chalk. He'll be probably 20-plus percent owned. Some other guys with them, though, for Kansas City. I mean, Mahomes. He's still pricey, but I don't know. I could uh, I could picture people being down on him since he hasn't been performing as like his MVP status as he as he typically does. Uh, his other go to targets we can always count on: Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's been down a little bit, so maybe he'll have like a mid season coming out party. Someone last week that went off for him that typically hasn't this whole season yet. Nico Hardman. He was finally getting some touches and produced. Fairly decent. I think maybe mid-teens is what he ended up putting up this last week. Yep, 16.6. But I say, yeah, he had quite a bit of targets, 12 targets this last game. Yep, he's coming in at 4.2 this week. Yeah, Jake has a good point. Um, everybody always knows that you play Mahomes, you play Hill, you play Kelsey. But a lot of people don't have the salary to get up to all of them. And, you know, we're in week going into week six now. A lot of people don't even check on their salary anymore. They just write them off. But this week, Mahomes is priced down to 8.3. Um, where's Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill's coming in at 8.5. And Travis Kelsey's coming in at 7,000. So there's still some of the higher priced players at the position, but they aren't on another tier. These guys are players that you can get to if you want to run a stack. And then bringing it back with Washington, I mean, that's pretty easy. You got Gibson, you got McLaurin. And with Logan Thomas out, you could, like I said, I like to punt tight ends in game stacks. You could get Ricky Seals-Jones. He's coming in at, I believe, is it three even? What do we got? Yeah, three even. Which is incredibly cheap. I, I mean, I think he'll be another chalk tight end this week. And even, I mean, just because with that total, Heineke, I think, is a viable option too. I was looking earlier today, and he has rushed for 40-plus yards the past two games even. So if he can produce some rushing yards on top of his passing for this game – He's what we love. We love dual threat quarterbacks, guys that can do it all. I mean, rushing touchdowns are worth more, so you gotta love that. Mm-hmm. And and Kansas City's secondary is awful, terrible. I mean, so he could end up throwing a couple touchdowns here or there to McLaurin, and even hook up Ricky Seals Jones with one or two. Yep. And Antonio Gibson was a receiver in college, so mm-hmm. he can catch too. Yep. I like it. Next up on the list here, we got uh, Minnesota at Carolina, 48-point over-under, Carolina one-point favorites. So Minnesota's another one of those teams, really narrow target tree. You got Jefferson, you got Thielen, you can sprinkle in Conklin or C.G. Osborne if you want in a tournament. I wouldn't play either of them in cash. Cousins is always viable. And then depending on Dalvin Cook's health, you you got him. He's always a plug-and-play. He's coming in at 7.7 this week. Or Madison, and Madison – Let's see, he's coming in at 6.2. So they have him priced up in case Dalvin Cook doesn't play, but I still don't think that that's priced high enough. I think that Dalvin, the running back for Minnesota, whether it's Cook or Madison, I think is safe to return a 7K salary. He's like 7 for sure. Mm -hmm. Carolina's got a really stout defense. I mean, last week they shut Philadelphia down, and all they could do was throw or Jalen Hurts run for it. So I'd – I don't even know if I'd be comfortable really going with the running back there in that game anyway. Yep. 
And 48, like it, we said earlier, games 48 and over is what we shoot for. So this is kind of right on that line. This could go a number of different ways. Hard to predict. Which for some people, that's exactly what they're looking for in tournaments. They want games that other people might avoid because of the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I don't know. Not a sexy game. We'll see how we feel later in the week. Next up, we got, or we didn't talk about Carolina. Carolina, uh, McCaffrey, I believe, is coming back this week. McCaffrey's 8.8. It's not a bad price for him. No. Uh, there's might be the cheapest he'll be all year. Yeah, there, there's weeks where you could pay 10 for him. He's going to get you 40 points. He returns 4x value. So 8.8 is not bad if you can afford it. Uh, DJ Moore's been a stud. Robbie Anderson, some people are still holding out. You know, they see what he did last year. It's the same coach, same offense. They're just biding their time. But um, I don't know. I, like I, I said, I just don't know if I want to touch this game because you got – Where's DJ Moore? We're looking for his price here. He's up to 7-3, so he's priced up. That's probably reasonable for him. And then Robbie Anderson has just completely tanked 4-8. Man. Yep. I think coming into the year, they were both low 6. I think yeah. Anderson was 6-1 or 6-2, and DJ Moore was 1 or 2K or 100 lower. So, Yeah, yeah they finished about the same last year, both over 1,000 yards receiving. So I'm kind of shocked. I'm like, Donald and Anderson are boys. I mean, they go back to the Jets. Yep. So there's a few different ways you can play the Carolina side of that if you want to attack that game. But like I said, I'm I'm not really into it right now. We'll see how we are come Saturday and Sunday. All right, next up, we got the Chargers at Baltimore. Another 48-point over-under. Baltimore three-point favorites. And I would assume it's just because it's in Baltimore. If it was in L.A., L.A. would probably be two-and-a-half-point favorites or so. Jake, how are you attacking this game? For sure. Uh, this one, I mean – I feel like it could honestly go over 48 with the offensive weapons on both sides of the ball. You got Lamar Jackson, who just wills away to victory every single week for the Ravens, who can do it all. I mean, the guy priced at 7-4, I feel like that's still pretty good value for him. I mean, he's a guy, he's one of those guys we're talking about. He's going to 4X. And then you got Herbert on the other side of the ball. Another guy that's just produced nonstop this year. He put up a 40-burger last week. He's priced at 7-3. Um, Baltimore secondary, not looking too great. I'm saying they'd be getting shredded by everybody. I mean, Detroit even had him on the ropes. And then you got running back for the Chargers. Eckler would consider the dude's been a beast, and they've been giving him a ton of touches inside the red zone. I mean, passes and rushing attempts so and then for their receivers on the chargers guys that i would consider big mike williams guy's been putting on a show all year i think he's gonna come back down to reality i don't imagine his targets are gonna stay crazy high i'm thinking he's more of a five or six share guy keenan allen's probably gonna stay where he's at i would say you know anywhere from like nine to twelve targets a game he just hasn't been getting the red zone looks like Mike has. Uh, your tight ends there, you could look at Jared Cook. I think he's priced decent. He's three-something, I want to say. Yeah, let's take a look. Three-two. Three-two, which I feel like that's pretty fair. I know last game, I believe he only had the one reception. But he's been a hit or miss. You know, tight end most times just a total crapshoot. So. Yeah. Parnum's the other guy. If you really wanted to punt that one, you could. He's their red zone tight end that they do consider quite often. He's got two touchdowns on the year. 
two or three anyway. But he gets targeted in the red zone. He's got one in each of the last games. To one in each of the last games, yeah. So he's their red zone guy. Now he does only have five targets over the last – or not five. Yeah, well, he has seven targets on the entire season. (laughs) He's more of a punt, I would say. If you think he's going to get a red zone catch or touchdown, like that's the only way I'm considering him. Yep. And he's coming in at 2.9, so he's only $300 cheaper than Cook. Yeah, you might as well go for Cook if that's the case. Yeah, that'd be pretty contrarian play. What else are your thoughts on that one? Um, With Baltimore. Baltimore. I'm not too high on many of their receivers. Marquise Brown is maybe the only one I would stream. And then tight end, though, is where I feel like they're at. That's that's where it's going to go for Mark Andrews, he finally went off this last week for him and put up some big numbers. And I feel like that's just going to keep carrying on. They finally started targeting more and more in the red zone. Marquise Brown, I guess he has been getting the targets now that we're looking. Like last week he had 10, previous week five, and the week before that was seven. I just, I don't know. After watching him in that Detroit game and he dropped those touchdowns, I it's just hard for me to go with the guy. And that's funny because I actually thought the exact opposite. When I saw all those, that, that's not what you want, especially not if you're playing him. But the fact that he's getting that open and that they're designing plays for him and he's getting the looks, I love to see it. And then to see his salary go down the next week. The guy had almost 200 air yards. He dropped two touchdowns. He had a third one that was just barely deflected right before it got to him. He could have had a 40-point game. And instead, he – I mean, I guess Justin Tucker kicked an all-time record field goal to win the game. But if they wouldn't have won that game, a lot of people would have put that on Marquise Brown's shoulders. So I'm actually really high on Marquise Brown. If he didn't have those drops, he'd be a top-five receiver this year overall. And you can get him – let's see what his salary is this week. Five, nine? Five, nine. He just gives me the Deontay Johnson vibe, though. I mean, from last season. <laughs> yeah. But. That's a good comparison. I can get that, too. But Deontay Johnson could win you some tournaments a few weeks. You just had to pick the weeks. True that. So I wouldn't avoid him. I like him for tournaments, not for cash. You want guys with high floors in cash. All right. Let's keep this moving along. We're running out of time here. Where are we at now? We still got quite a few games here. We're still in the one o'clock games. We got Cincinnati and Detroit, 49 point over under. Cincinnati, three and a half point favorites on the road. So, Cincinnati, I like Joe Burrow. They've been kind of unleashing him a little bit more lately, letting him throw the ball. Jamar Chase is a freak. I guess he's just going to score a touchdown every game he plays. T. Higgins is back. He looks okay. I mean, he's scored double digit points every week. He's the clear number two. Uh, Tyler Boyd underneath. I don't really love playing him when you have those other two guys and they don't cost much more to get to. Um, I'm not going to touch Uzama anymore now that Higgins is back. I think he's he was relegated back to blocking. On the Detroit side, you got Hawkinson, you got Swift. You could throw a dart at any of the receivers. Monra St. Brown was playing a little bit more on the outside. He's getting more snaps. He did um, get, I think, 12 targets last year. So. 12 targets, yeah. So it's it's Detroit, though. Can you trust them to score points? Do you know who's going to get the points when they do? It's another tournament team. I'm not really too fond of this game. Jake, do you have thoughts? No, I'm saying with you, Mike. Detroit, I mean, they're one of the worst teams in the league. They don't have a lot of offensive power to even consider. No. Swift is 6'3". He's been in the low 6,000s all week. So, again, when we're looking for tournament plays, we're looking for a 4 four to 5x. So, can DeAndre Swift get us 25 points? Yeah, he can. Mm-hmm. So I'm not afraid to play him, but 
I'm not necessarily looking to play, a, I don't know, a stack in that game unless it's coming from the Cincinnati side. All right, moving on. We got the Rams at the Giants. 50-point over-under Rams, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Jake, you want to take this one? Uh, this one I do like. More so on one side of the ball than the other. Uh, the Rams, though. I mean, you got Matt Stafford, who's going against a team that has literally no offense. They're probably going to have a lot of possession. Yep. Stafford's down at 6'7 this week. So, you know, a sub-7,000 quarterback who has access to a ceiling, a 40-point yes. ceiling. Very high upside. I mean, and his weapons, you got Cup and Woods. Cup, I believe, is still priced fairly high. 7'9". Seven, 7'9". Nine. Seven, nine. Woods. Bobby Woods coming at 6'1". And then Van Jefferson... If you want to do like a double sack and keep it on the lower side, you could look at him. He's coming in at 3-4, it looks like. So, mm -hmm. very viable option there if you want to do a cheaper end of that double sack. Higby at tight end. can definitely consider him as another pass catcher. He's probably one of the better tight ends out there for this week. Um, the guy that I think we love the most, though, is going to be Darrell Henderson. He's pretty cheap. I want to say six something. He's coming at six K on the dot. Six yep. K on the dot, and playing against the Giants on the road, heavy favorites. You got to imagine that they're going to try to come out, get some points on the board, and then just grind it out from there. So yeah, I agree. Henderson's been the workhorse when he's healthy. As long as he's healthy, there's no reason to suspect otherwise. On the Giants side, Kadarius Tony had his coming out party last week. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. They got to play him. Um, I believe Galladay is going to be out this week. Sterling Shepard should be back. Slayton, I'm not sure one way or another. Evan Ingram, dude's just never lived up to it. I don't know if we're ever going to see it. And Daniel Jones, I have not got an update on him either. I don't know if he's going to be playing or not. I see the Q next to his name. So we'll see how that goes. All right, that does it for the noon games. Now let's get into the afternoon games. we got three of them. Let's kick things off here. Arizona at Cleveland. 53 and a half point over under Cleveland, three point favorites at home. So for this game, Kyler Murray, you got to play Kyler Murray, always play Kyler Murray. I don't care if he costs 10 K, which he doesn't. He's only 7.9. You play Kyler Murray. I've also been a fan this year of Chase Edmonds. He kind of goes under the radar. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year. He's not scored a touchdown. It says James Conner robs him. James Conner gets the touchdowns. Kyler Murray, I still think is their goal line back. But Chase Edmonds gets you double-digit fantasy points every week. Last week was the first week he didn't. 12 and a half, 14 and a half, 20.9. Last week he got you 5.4. But the guy comes in under 6K. So that's a guy that I'm always playing. This week, where is he at this week? James or Chase Edmonds? 5'6". Five, 5'6". Six. Five, six. There you go. And then for the receivers, Nuke still hasn't gone off yet. You can get him for 7.8. One of these weeks it's going to happen. So I'm all for him. We also got Christian Kirk at 5K, AJ Green at 4.9, and Rondell Moore at 4.6. What's tricky is that these guys haven't really separated themselves. It's a game-by-game -game sort of sort of mix and match. So Rondell Moore, to me, looks like the most electric player on the field, but they don't like to use him. AJ Green is the number two. He has the most routes run, the most targets. I think he had a game where he went off. He had over 20 fantasy points maybe yeah, i think it was maybe i could week? be wrong he had 17.7 last week 19.2 week three 13.4 week two so for a while there he had he had three weeks where he was a solid viable wide receiver too um christian kirk had that week one blow up and he's always capable of that 
So the way I would attack Arizona is Nuke, always an option. If you're not going to play Nuke, I think you play Kirk or A.J. Green. And Rondale Moore is kind of a gadget guy. He can also have an explosive game at any point. Um, That's how I'd attack that. Max Williams has been getting really involved, but I think he's doubtful this week. I don't think he's going to be playing. Otherwise, yeah, Max Williams, he's a great punt tight end. He uh, is listed at 3.3 this week. Like I said, he's not going to be playing. He's been a guy you could get right around 3K, and he's going to get targets. And with a high-powered offense like that and a cheap tight end, you're hoping for touchdowns. So those are the type of players that I always target. I've played Max a couple times this year, and he hasn't won me a ton of money, but I haven't blamed any of my losses on him either. (laughs) On the other side, we got Cleveland in Cleveland. Baker, he's got the torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. I'm not touching him. I don't care how cheap he is. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you don't want to play both of them ever, but you could pick one. Chubb is priced at 7-2 this week. Hunt's priced at 6-2. Hunt seems to be more of the pass catcher, and he also has vultured a couple touchdowns. So for me, just based on the price, I think that I'd be leaning more towards Hunt, but I do think Chubb is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. So you can't go wrong either way. Pick one, cross your fingers. I mean, with the script, though, I feel like it'll be similar to what they just did last week, Cleveland with the Chargers. So, okay, really high scoring. So, I'm with you. I mean, I anticipate Hunt being the guy. Chubb, I mean, yeah, who? you never know. The dude might break off a 60, 70-yard touchdown run. He's going to get his touches, but they'll be early in the game. The back half of the game, I feel like it'll be mostly all Hunt, especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's a great point. Hunt does run the two- and four-minute offenses, I believe. And with DraftKings being a full PPR website, you have that that high floor and access to a higher ceiling with Hunt. So, yeah, that's another reason to go for Hunt. Like I mentioned, I'm higher on Hunt than Chubb also. Um, Receiver-wise, Odell Beckham Jr. looks great. But like I said, Baker Mayfield can't distribute the ball. So, yeah, Odell's coming in at 5.1 this week. That's so cheap. I'm not afraid of him. (laughs) I mean, a 4X, can Odell Beckham put up 21 DraftKings points, even with Baker Mayfield throwing the ball? Yeah, he can. He can do it. Baker could throw him a slant and he could take it to the house. Yeah, 80 yards or something. Boom, you're over halfway there. So I think Odell's always viable. And then the tight ends. Cleveland's tight ends are gross. (laughs) Njoku had a great game fantasy-wise last week, but he wasn't running more routes. He wasn't really getting more targets. It's just the ones that he got, he took to the house. I mean, the guy, I, he did get more targets. I take that back. He had seven targets. Prior to that, two targets, zero targets, three targets, five targets. All these tight ends, Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, they're all in the field. This team wants to run the ball. And every now and then a tight end will slip out and catch a pass. So The damn tight end committee strikes again. Yeah, um, and he's priced up to 3.7 this week. I'll let other people chase him. Um, Hooper's priced down to 2.8 and Harrison Bryant 2.5 but Austin Hooper let's take a look here at his game log so he didn't get any targets last week but prior to that five targets three targets five targets three targets and he's got a touchdown on the year so his stats are more consistent than Njoku's and you can get him for $900 cheaper so again gross I'm not touching any of them but I think if you got to go one way or another, I'd just go with the cheaper one, Hooper, and hope he catches a touchdown or two. Should we move on to the next one? Let's carry on. Let's carry on. All right. We got Las Vegas at Denver. This only has a 44-point over-under. Denver, two-and-a-half-point favorites. So this is another one of those low total games that I really don't want anything to do with. Um, 
Obviously, we know about the turmoil going in in Vegas. Gruden resigning. Who knows what to expect this week there. Denver started out 3-0, played nobody. They've lost their last two. Um, I don't think Bridgewater is 100%. And I don't think their team is really that great to begin with. Their defense is, uh, defense is a playoff defense. But the offense, they just haven't really been able to get over the hump. They've had a couple guys that I've noticed. Uh, I was looking earlier today. Tim Patrick, he's, I mean, it's nothing insane, but he's been putting up double digits, I think, every single week. And then another guy that they have back from injury that I think he's played a couple weeks now, but Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton had a sneaky game last week that I don't think anyone knew, but I believe he put up over 20 points yeah, for them see. in fantasy. Let's see if we can find these guys here. I'm trying to find the game here on DraftKings so we can look at some stats. Um, yeah, Tim Patrick, it looks like he scored double digits all but one week this year. And that's even including while well, KJ Hamler and um, Jerry Judy were mm-hmm. still in the mix. He was still he's still on the field getting touches. So yeah, let's take a look here. We found him ish. We found him ish. Maybe I say. Hmm. They're in hiding. All right, let's just uh, see if we can pull them up here. Sutton coming in at 6-2 this week. Let's look at the game logs. Yeah, 28 this last week. 11 targets, 7 receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. That's what you're looking for. And he was priced at 5-5 last week. So he more than uh, 5x That's what you want in a tournament play. And with Las Vegas defense, the back end of it is not scary. It's their line. Their line is one of the best. I mean, you got Mad Max up front there putting pressure all day, every day. Um, with Denver, though, it's like the other sne- guy that I like, it's just hard to justify is because they split their time, is uh, Melvin Gordon Javante Williams. But I love Javante Williams. Yeah, I mean, same. You were telling me. I mean, the stat he has, I think he has the highest break tackle right now in the NFL. He's and- up there, yeah. Watching highlights of him too, and it was absurd. Like, he was breaking like five tackles, carrying like two dudes for an extra five yards on some of these plays. So, he's bound to break out, I feel like. And we've discussed before, it's it's only a matter of time. I mean, rookie running backs tend to assert themselves as the starters as the season rolls on. So, I feel like he's eventually going to take over and control the reins and dictate how that backfield plays out for the Broncos there. Yeah, and it was just a really unfortunate landing spot because Melvin Gordon is a solid running back as well. There's nothing wrong with Gordon. It's not a knock on him. But, yeah, Javante Williams came out of the NCAA, and I believe in his last year he set the NCAA record for the most – is it broken tackle rate or total broken tackles? I mean, he was just a beast. I'd say, yeah, one or the other. I think total broken tackles. Total broken tackles, but he came into the draft, and that's what he's known for. And that is a metric that translates to the NFL. If you're looking for college running back production – and what running backs are going to transfer to the NFL, look at 40 time, look at broken tackle rate, and look at just their overall production. You want players that got the ball in college because that means that their coaches thought they were the best players on their team. You want guys that if they can get past that front level, that no one's going to catch them. And you want guys that can break tackles to get to that second level. And Javante Williams is a total package. And on top of all that, he pass blocks. Mm -hmm. Pass blocks, he can catch out of the backfield. He's exactly what NFL coaches look for in a running back. So – I agree. Him and Melvin Gordon are splitting time because Melvin Gordon's all those things as well. It's just he's been in the league for 10 years, so everybody knows it. He's not the new hotness. But you got Melvin Gordon coming in at 5-1 this week. 
and you got Javante. I think he's coming in at five. Let's just double check. Yeah, five even. Five even. So again, with them splitting time, I don't think either of them have access to the ceiling you would need to win a tournament unless the other one gets injured. Mm-hmm. And I hate predicting injuries. I, don't, I just don't do it. Um, I'm not going to play either one of them, but I like both of them as real life players. Tight ends, you got Noah Fant. Yes, yeah, so Fant's always a good option there. Yep. He's been getting more targets, becoming more of a focal point in the offense since Jerry Judy went out. Um, his price, let's see where his price is this week. That's my only concern is I have a feeling that the more involved he gets, the higher his price is going to go. He's only at 4.8 this week, so that doesn't scare me off. But if he starts going above 5, I'm probably going to avoid him. I mean, this week we can get Hawkinson for 5 and Andrews for 5.2. So if you can just get that extra salary to get up to them, I would probably do that. But Fant is not a bad play. Who do we got on the Las Vegas side? Anybody? Vegas, I with this game being close in that total at 44, I could see the running backs uh, hitting their upside more so than the receivers. So Josh Jacobs is a guy that I feel like he could get a lot of touches and end up carrying most of the workload for the Raiders. And he's coming in at 5'9 this week. Now Denver does have the number one defense for fantasy points allowed to the running back position. Like we mentioned, they had a pretty soft early season schedule, so I don't know how much to really take that into consideration. But, yeah, if Jacobs is healthy, he seems like he's the guy. Peyton Barber is questionable. Kenyon Drake is the highest-paid useless player on any team this year. It's pretty unbelievable what they went out and paid him. And he's not the pass-catching back. He's not a goal line back. They don't trust him in pass protection. So, I don't know. You can't do anything with him. Receivers there, Renfro, he gets a ton of love. I mean, the guy sees eight-plus targets every single game for them. Could be a tournament play that you could hope for. He's just not a deep guy. I mean, he plays the slot, so he catches all these underneath routes. But if they get near the red zone, you possibly could see him getting some love there. And he's coming in at 4-9. Uh, you really want to do a crapshoot sort of guy for them that maybe will hit, but you're banking on him catching like a – the Sean Jackson S pass is going to be rugs. Uh, he's their deep threat guy. I mean, the guy's just a burner. Brian Edwards, if not, hasn't really done anything this year. And then, I mean, the best pass catcher they have by far is Darren Waller. He's yep. he's going to get all the love all over the field. I mean, he gets so many targets at his position. It's pretty insane. And the red zone, they've been throwing him more and more fade routes there, just giving him that jump ball action. He's been very successful the last uh, – well, the other game, I guess, was the Chargers game I'm thinking back to that he had that jump ball. He's a huge mismatch, so you can't really go wrong if you want to plug Waller in. Price points at 6-6, I want to say that is the cheapest he's been. In- That's the cheapest he's been this year by far. At one point, week two, he was 7-6. So he's $1,000 cheaper than what he was earlier this year. Um, yeah, kind of just to touch on some of your points, Hunter Empro at 4-9, I think he's a great value play, but I would never play him in a tournament. I think he's more of a cash game play. He hasn't scored below 10 points this year, but he also hasn't scored above 20. Mm-hmm. So that's a guy at 4-9. He's going to return 2x, 2.5x every week. But I don't know that he's going to – he's done it before. He can, he is capable. He can score over 20. Yeah. But I would trust playing someone that cheap in an offense that doesn't have an alpha, um, more in a cash lineup if I'm going to play him. 
And yeah, to your point with Waller, oh my God, like this is the spot to play Waller. You got to play him this week. Mm-hmm. At 6-6, the guy could score 50 points in any given week. So you got to play Waller. Just do it. If he lets you down, you can blame it on me. All right. Next up, last game of the slate. We got Dallas at New England, 48 point over under. Dallas, one point favorites. Um, kind of a low over under for a Dallas game. It is in New England. So I guess the thought is New England's going to try to grind it out, slow it down. Um, Belichick always takes away the other team's best player. And typically if it seems to the fans like it's a tie between a receiver and a running back, it seems like in the past he's taken out the receivers and let him take them underneath. So I would imagine they'll have something in store to your race. Amari Cooper is my guess. Um, so it might be another Zeke game especially if Dallas gets up to a lead early. Yeah, it's a tough, I mean, it's a tough situation for New England this whole season. I mean, you're rolling with a rookie QB. Doesn't have the most confidence in the world. I think his best game so far this year was last week. Mac Jones put up. Well, it wasn't his best fantasy game. But it was a fine game, yeah. He had 12, 12 and a half fantasy points on DraftKings. Week before that, 17.9. Week three, 14.6. Against the Jets in week two, 7.4. And Miami had 15. So, yeah, he hasn't even cracked 20 DK points yet this year. But obviously, no one's playing Mac Jones, so I don't even know why we're looking at that. Don't play Mac Jones. Yeah, don't even know why we were getting on him. Um, I would stick with the Cowboys for sure. I mean – Dak Prescott, reliable guy. He puts numbers up. He hasn't been putting up like 40 burgers like some of the other guys we've been seeing, but he's consistently putting up 20 or more each and every week for the most part. And he does have the potential. I mean, like he can produce. It's just like we were saying, though, the game script, we feel like New England typically shuts down the number one receiver. So then – what ends up happening is the running back then will get all the volume. So we anticipate Zeke probably carrying out and having a better game here than anyone else. But you do have those viable options at receiver for him in Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. Yep. And I want to say Cooper is priced at six. Yeah, Amari Cooper's at six even. Pretty cheap this week. Yeah, Cooper's at six even and Lamb, I believe he's right around there. Yeah, C.D. Lamb, six five, so a little more expensive. But these are those guys, again, uh, in, in a cash lineup, is Amari Cooper going to get you 13 or 14 points? Probably. Probably. Mm-hmm. But for a tournament where you need him to 4 or 5x, is he going to get you 24 to 30 points? He could, but it's not very likely. Not in my likely. opinion. And then you have him and CeeDee Lamb that are going to be competing for targets. So with both of them priced in that 6 to 6-5 six, range, for me, you'd probably have to pick one or the other because this isn't a game that I would want to double stack. And at that point, I would just look for other games. Yeah. So that's that's my thought on that. And then Dalton Schultz is priced way up. I think four nine this week. So Dalton Schultz, yeah, you're paying four nine. You pay a thousand less to play Noah Fan. So a hundred less. I mean, I'm sorry, a hundred less to play Noah Fan. So Schultz is name or a hundred more to play Hawkinson. Three hundred more to get up to Mark Andrews. So, yeah, Schultz is kind of in that purgatory. I wouldn't touch him either. On the New England side, like we mentioned, never play Mac Jones, ever. Never. Never, ever. 
And running back wise, um, we're not sure about Damian Harris. If Ramondre Stevenson plays, he might be someone at 4.5K that you could plug into at least the cash lineup. And if you do want to run some sort of secondary correlation stack, you could run a Ramondre Stevenson with an Amari Cooper or a CD Lamb. I'd probably lean towards Lamb because, like I said, I have a feeling Belichick's going to try to just erase Amari. And I could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see even, how it plays out. Even for them, though, uh, Bolden. I remember him. He had quite a bit of touches, too, this past game. That's true. And Bolden is the pass catching back. He's filled in, essentially, the James White role. So last game, he had two carries and four targets. The week before that, he had six targets. And against New England, he had four targets. So that's a great point in a game where New England's going to be trailing. Bolden might be on the field more than Stevenson. And for only 200 more, you could find a leverage play if everyone else is playing Stevenson with Harris being out. So that's a good call. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, our boy, Jacoby Myers, he's coming in pretty cheap again, 5.5. I think he's $100 cheaper yet. So if this game does turn into a shootout. The only thing I don't like yeah. is he's probably going to have Trayvon Diggs on him. That's a good point. That's and a the good guy point. has been locked down on every single person that he's covered this year. Yep. I, Myers moves into the slot quite a bit, but Diggs might follow him to the slot. I'm not yeah. sure. Diggs could shadow him. I'm not sure. Yep. So Diggs could erase Myers. That's a great point. 5.5, he's pretty cheap. He could be another cash play. Um, a dart in a tournament at that price. But, yeah, that's that's a good point. If Diggs follows him, avoid. Tight ends, Hunter Henry is – Pretty much entrenched himself as the pass-catching tight end in that offense. He's coming in at 3.9. So, again, if he catches a touchdown, maybe he gets five catches for 40 yards and a touchdown, he returns value. Tight end is such a punt. But in this sort of game, I would really only want to stack him with Dak coming from the other side and then hope for a shootout. I wouldn't play him in cash games. Um, That would be my thought process. And Johnny Smith is coming in at 3K, but he's essentially a fullback. He had two targets last week, five the week before that, six, five, five. So he's out there. He gets looks, but he's not really running a ton of routes. Um, he's got one touchdown on the year. He's got two carries. So he's kind of a jack of all trades. And I love him as a football player. But as a fantasy option, um, I don't know. 3K is not a bad price, but I'm probably not playing him. No. he. I mean, his best bet is uh, Philly Special. The Philly special. That there you go. Maybe his best chance at producing a touchdown right now. There you go. All right. And on that note, we're going to finish up the episode by building a quick first look cash lineup. So we'll take turns here. Jake will make a pick. I'll make a pick. And we're just going to fill this out. So, Jake, you can start things off, man. What cash. is the first? Yeah, the first player, any position. First player you want to add to our lineup for this week. And we will play this lineup and we will review it next week. For the cash, my first guy I want to go with is... I'll make sure I say his name right. Darrell Henderson. I thought I butchered it earlier, but I did say it right. Darrell Henderson. That is the guy I want to go with first. He's coming in at six flats. And like we had discussed earlier, the dude's got mad upside against the Giants. The Rams will probably get out in front right away and never look back. Love it. All right, we'll plug him in. Next up, I like to start with the stacks. So I'm going to go over here. And I love quarterbacks that are mobile because they have that rushing floor. 
So I'm going to throw in Heineke, like we discussed earlier. He's coming in at 5.8. They're playing Kansas City. Could be a shootout. He's mobile. He's gonna he's gonna have a high floor, and hopefully he can get us 20, 30, who knows how many points. So I'm gonna run Heineke, and let's see where Jake takes this stack. Okay, next, I think I have to then bring it back with uh, Darrell Williams from Kansas City. I mean, with the price point he's at, he's at four point nine. I think he's got to be a dude that you automatically plug and play simply due to his price there and the amount of volume that he's going to be getting if he's consuming all the touches Clyde Edwards Lair was before. It's a great point. He's a guy that you can't go wrong with, I feel like, this week. Yep. And I guess I was really emphasizing the stack, but we're building the cash line up here. We don't care about the stacks. We're just going for high floors. Yes. Let's see. So great lineup. Um there's a few running backs that I like, and I love playing running backs in the flex position because they get those carries, they get the rushing yards, that gives them access to a high floor. And then if you find a pass catching back on top of it, that's even better. So let's go down to tight end. I know we were talking about him earlier. Let's just go, let's just go Darren Waller. Let's do it. Tight end is a position that I either want to pay up for or I want to completely punt. I hate the middle tight ends. Give me a tight end like Darren Waller, that's essentially the number one receiver on his own team. We'll take him. Love it. I mean, with his price point, it's the cheapest he'll be all year. I mean, 6'6", absurd. The guy normally runs seven or above each and every game. Let's just do this. This is something that neither of us are going to want to choose. So this is another little tactic I like to do. I'll go to a defense. I'll scroll all the way down. Sorted by price, I'll look at the lowest price defense. I'll work my way up, and I will click on the lowest price defense that I would actually play in a lineup. And at the bottom, we got Washington, Kansas City. I would not play Washington against Kansas City. We got Detroit. We got Cincinnati at Detroit. I would play them for 2.1. I would totally play Detroit. So we're going to put those into the lineup, and now it's going to give us a more accurate reading of our remaining salary. So we're looking at 6.15 remaining per player. We still have to get our three receivers in our flex. So we'll go over here to receiver. Let's build that out. Jake, what are your thoughts? Hmm. So this one's tough. I mean, I really <laughs> – I like Devontae Adams, but gosh, his price. It's going to make it hard for us to squeeze anything else than if we ride with him at nine. We would have to take a gut punch and just go for someone really, really low then at receiver to bring it back. But, but with this being cash, I'd rather have us more around that price point, like we were saying, the 6-1 range there. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I love the 6-7 to seven range, no doubt. In that range, just for reference, you have Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, Corton Sutton, Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, and Jamar Chase. They're all between six and 7,000. I feel like all those guys could score two and a half X plus. They all have high floors and access to high ceilings, and they're going to get you 12 points, you would hope. For sure. Uh, guy I'm going to go with here then, I'm going with Robert Woods. Bobby Woods, he finally broke out. Last week, the guy was targeted 14 times and put up a 30-burger. So I'm just hoping that he keeps carrying that along here. Bobby Trees, yep. 
And that's a guy that people have been not down on. People just have been waiting for him to break out. But even in his bad games, he had he started the year with 12, 12. He had a dud with six. Then he had 14. And then, like Jake said, his breakout game of 30. I mean, it isn't this guy's doing 0, 0, 0 every week. So at 6-1, and he's been putting up 12, 12, 14, and then 30. At 6-1, if he can get me 15 points in a cash lineup, I'm happy with that. And he has access to a higher ceiling. I love the pick. We'll do him. We still got 6.1 per player. Um, I really like Keenan Allen. This is a guy who, so far this year, I'm actually surprised looking at his points. 22, 17, 19, 10, 13. So he hasn't had that blow-up game. But he's gotten double-digit targets in three out of their five games. And in the games he didn't, he had eight and nine. So this is a dude that is always on the field. He is their number one receiver when it comes to snaps, routes, targets. He's their guy. So I love him. Coming in at 6'4", we'll plug him in. Okay, next up here. And we have $6,000 remaining per player for our third wide receiver in our flex. So let's see. Thinking then, I'll take the receiver route here. I'll okay. leave you with that flex. The receiver route, I would like to run it back with a dude that had his breakout party last week, and that's Kadarius Tony. Not even trying to run correlation here, but it just so happens, I mean, with them playing the Rams, that it works out like that. But Kadarius Tony is, he's got to be the guy. He had 189 receiving yards last week. I don't think that happens by accident for anyone. There's a reason that happened for him. He's a baller, straight baller. Yeah, targets are earned, that's for sure. I mean, this guy's getting touches because they're scheming him for him. Um, now, it does say that he sustained an ankle-foot injury. Um, he said it isn't anything significant in terms of season ending, but the w- rookie receiver status for this weekend's game against the Rams is uncertain. Well, also, he's priced up to 5.6. Would have thought his hand would have hurt before his ankle, but <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's the case. Let's we gotta play this lineup. We told the people we play it. So okay. let's make okay. it a good lineup. I do like I do like him in tournaments, but for a cash lineup, high floor guy. Um I don't know. You gotta you gotta backup plan a plan B here. Let's see what else we got. Plan B. Another guy that I could see. Well, shoot. I mean, Amari Cooper? Yeah. Like, the dude's the number one, and somehow he's priced at six. Doesn't make sense, so. But we did just talk about how he might be erased. I don't know. Is that a guy that we want to play after we just told everybody he's going to be erased? <laughs> it's making it harder. I'm like, I'm looking at all these numbers right now, and it's it's tough. It's slim pickings in this price range. But, yeah, I mean, we did say he'll be shut down. So, plan C, then, I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. Okay. He gets tons of volume, so you can count on that from him. And there's always a possibility that he might get himself a touchdown. I mean, he's been averaging 16 so far this year across the board for points per game. Not horrible. And then with the flex... Jace, what are you thinking? Let me take a look here. I just feel like we could do better here. I mean, with um, 
With Saquon Barkley out this week, Devontae Booker is going to get every opportunity possible. So we have to play him. So if we plug him into the flex, that gives us $900 more. So we can go back and look at that Brandon Cooks pick. Um, We got Jamar Chase at 6'7", CeeDee Lamb at 6'5", Cortland Sutton at 6'2". I think that we go with any of those three receivers, and then if there's anything left over, we contribute that to the defense. I feel like we got to go with the, the touchdown maniac, the machine, Jamar Chase. Guy's got uh, quite the stat line going right now. I believe he has a touchdown in every single game, at least one, if not more. That's going to be my top pick, though, to fill that void for us. Yeah, I love it. Burrow and him obviously have a connection dating all the way back to college. The dude has had monster games, and he's had high floor games. I think that's a great pick. So we'll jam him in. And with him in the lineup, we don't have any more remaining salary, so we're going to keep the Lions D. So that'll be our lineup. We'll play that in cash this weekend, and we'll revisit it and review it next week, see how we did. So on that note, that wraps up our first episode. We are going to be doing another episode either Friday or Saturday before noon. So we'll kind of look at ownership, projections, leverage. We're going to build a tournament lineup. And if there's any injuries that pop up throughout the week, we'll be able to address them then. And then Sunday night, we're going to record an episode after the main slate. We'll do a little recap, go over some of our lineups, see how we did. And then next week, we'll get right back into the cycle again. So thanks for tuning in to our first episode. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, really anywhere podcasts are. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Give us the likes. Click the notification bell. And we'll see you guys later this week.